You're looking forward to beating me? Yeah. I think that's, that's statistically unlikely. <laughs> it's the middle of the afternoon and I'm in a casino in London with novelist Joe Dunthorne. Joe and I have known each other for about 10 years. We've come to the casino today to put something to the test. This thing we're testing, uh, you could call it a private joke or a piece of magical thinking, whatever you'd call it. This strange theory has been part of our friendship pretty much since the very beginning. Here I am explaining it to the croupier. For the last 10 years, uh, whenever anything good happens to Joe, something bad happens to me. Yeah. The croupier nods. You're a good match then, she says, as long as you stick together. Well, exactly. So we always end up with the same amount of money at the end. It just depends who's got it. If you think of us as a unit, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh... which, which we don't. Studies have shown that one of the qualities of good luck is openness to opportunity. According to the experimental psychologist Richard Wiseman in his book The Luck Factor, unlucky people get stressed more easily. They tend to worry and overfocus on the job at hand. In comparison, lucky people are more relaxed and therefore more likely to spot opportunities, be that a fiver on the floor or an old friend on a train station platform. People who believe themselves to be lucky expect good things to happen. And that expectation means that they take risks, they go on instinct. And that means things happen for these people. Wiseman, uh, in one of his uh, luck experiments, uh, he gave his test subjects a newspaper and asked them to count the photographs in it. Now, test subjects that identified as unlucky completed the task in uh, approximately five minutes. Test subjects that identified as lucky completed the task in about 30 seconds. How did they do this? Because on page two of the newspaper was a half page ad with the message in large bold type, stop counting. There are 43 photographs in this newspaper. Most of the self-identified unlucky people never saw the text, nor did they see the ad hidden three quarters through the newspaper that said, test subjects, stop counting and show this advert to your examiner for an immediate £200 cash prize. It's almost as if the people who do best in life are those who are confident, distracted, and only half concentrating on the task at hand. Can that really be true? What am I missing here? How do you feel? Uh, excited. Oh my god, you went big. Although, although, even if Wiseman's luck experiments are true in a hand-wavy, holistic kind of way. Surely none of that matters in a casino, right? Whether you believe yourself to be lucky or unlucky. The roulette ball doesn't give a shit, does it? Or does it? Does it? <laughs> oh my God. 
Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Imaginary, 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 advice, 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 advice. If I had to describe Joe Danathorn, Ross Sutherland is magnetically attracted to. I hesitate to say failure. Very confident, maybe slightly. A slightly aloof, shabby, broken. There's no one else who can like find ways to hurt themselves and be rejected with more skill. I like to think of myself as a uh, as a Philip Larkin poem that never ends. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Ross, can you describe to me the Sutherland Dunthorn? Inverse proportional luck index. Uh, I think that the story starts about 10 years ago. I think at that time, you had just sold your debut novel for an insane amount of money uh, in an act which I think can only be described as tremendous good luck. More or less exactly the same moment. You had applied for a PhD and not got on it due to a clerical error whereby your previous university failed to forward your grades and that seemed like really really bad luck and that was the beginning of a pattern you followed up that pattern joe by immediately it feels selling the rights of your debut novel to be turned into a motion picture produced by ben stiller and you followed up that pattern as well by briefly having a job at the metro newspaper before getting let go because of the recession and then moving back in with your parents in Essex. But I didn't want to stay in in Essex, so instead of staying with my parents, I just chose to come in and sleep on uh, your sofa in that that, that lovely flat you bought with all that Ben Stiller money. So what made us aware of this luck axis is our lives came together, yours through bad luck and my through good luck, and as I was lying in my, my large and uh, really very comfortable bed. I could hear you making strange screaming noises. I, I, I put on a lot of weight during this period of time and I, I, I developed sleep apnea, which meant I would wake up in, just very suddenly in the middle of the night and make weird noises. It was it, what was the noise? It, it kind of sounded a bit like... Ah! <laughs> Something a bit like that. It does sound like I understand... It's not a scream, it, it, it's just a kind of like a... Yeah. Surprise of what my life has turned into. <laughs> That's right. Why am I here? And, and so basically, this amusing pattern, having been, I say amusing, <laughs> mostly amusing for me, uh, pattern having been established, our friends thought it would be funny to talk about it all the time, this idea of that we had inverse luck and every time something good happened for me, something bad would happen to you. And so if something good happened to me, they'd text you. The same day that I accidentally threw my house keys into the baboon enclosure at the zoo. On that day, I also learned that I had, for my second novel, won a small but respected literary prize. I treated myself to a lovely jumper, and then I was cycling back with the jumper when the jumper, like, fell into the wheels of my bike, throwing me over the handlebars. Immediately, you were the first person I thought of, Joe. I like just as like, you lay in the dirt. <laughs> I called you 
and I got an international dialing tone. <laughs> I just immediately hung up. So, Joe, do you remember the first time that we went to a casino? Because I thought that would be a perfect test of it. About as close as you can get to the controlled environments by which to test our luck against each other. It's right? as scientific as it gets. It's and, very and, scientific. And we went to the roulette table, which is obviously, it provides the easiest binary, black and red. I put a fiver on red and I won. And then I did it, did it again and I won. And I did it again. And I won six times in a row. <laughs> and then I said to you, why don't you choose now, Ross? Yeah. And you put a fiver on black. Yeah. And so I obviously put a fiver on red and I won again. You'd got to a certain point and you were like, now I'm suddenly unsure. Right. But I can basically, let me just double check with what would Ross do. And then, and, and then you could just like do the opposite. Yeah, it was perfect. It was amazing. There is no consistent case for our luck axis being a thing i suspect no one would be surprised to hear this but at the same time i still feel drawn to it and kind of want it to still exist and i feel like you feel the same way i understand why our friends were into it. I understand why, maybe particularly for writers, maybe for anyone who's self-employed, I think I understand the need to believe that the world is, is dictated by, like, mysterious flows of luck. Because I think they'd look at your career, Joe, and I think they would be like, ooh, that's nice. And then they'd look at my career. So I think we could be sort of represented two extremes of uh, what can happen to the self-employed people just need to, to, to cling to it to cling to this kind of dumb truth that you always win right and I always lose because it's really difficult to be happy for your friends when good things happen to them unless you've got at least the thought that it's been balanced out by another of your friend is suffering so like <laughs> that feels like okay I can be happy for Joe in the knowledge that Ross has fallen down an open manhole cover Sometimes we don't want to feel in control of our destinies. We want to feel God's finger on the scales. It's comforting to remember the effect of luck on our lives, good and bad. Just to feel free for a moment. Luck is always a factor in success, although it's all too easy to bury it. And the more time that passes from your lucky break, the harder it seems to be to remember. And despite what the Sutherland Dunthorne Inversely Proportional Luck Index might suggest, I've been lucky. Of course I have. I've been lucky in a billion ways. I know I have. To be born, where I was born, and the time I was born. But that's not the personality I choose to project. Because that isn't the type of story that I like to tell. I wonder why. Here we are back in the casino again and here's the weird thing about all the money oh he's won the money i keep winning screaming with cash back, come on back <gasps> oh my gosh and winning you must feel great i feel really good <laughs> i mean i'm winning even more than joe much to his vexation I, i've lost all my vibe now i think it must be thank you 
just part of the, the wider narrative of, of defeat. <laughs> essentially, it's very important at this stage in the shape of the story for you to win a you, small amount so, you, that I, so that you're more crushed. Is the, is the grand narrative that I win and then I fall down a flight of stairs? <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah. Okay, we're joking here, of course, but there is some truth in there. Deep down, I still expect to lose. So when Joe makes a big win and then suggests that we leave the table, I mean, we could we could literally leave it with loads of money. You've got you've got like fifty quid. One more, we'll go one more. One more, great. Yeah. I refuse. Oh, okay. oh my god, you went big. And then. <laughs> well, I deserve that. Oh, um, unfortunately, Ross, I I won again. <laughs> <laughs> Easy come, easy go. Having just lost most of my money, Joe then forces us to leave the table. And as we cash out our chips, it starts to become clear of just how deeply this stupid joke still affects us. Could you, do you want to keep going? Is that like... Yeah, I do. I mean, like, I would, like, I would totally... You burnt that. You would yeah. yeah. I'm quite a, I'm quite a, like a, quick one of a head. Yeah. We see, well, isn't, isn't this part of the thing about us also saying that, like, I expect to lose? It's why it's very oh. dangerous for me to be a gambler. That's... Because even if I win, I'll be like, Keep going. well, like, I expect to lose. So let's go to like, the, to this ends, like, this, this narrative has to end with, something bad happening and then and then like I take away a kind of lesson yeah it can't be a, a, a story so of, actually uh, if I hadn't been here that would have been the narrative because you would have kept going yeah I would have yeah, I would have kept going I think Joe and I were never offended by these caricature versions of ourselves you know given to us by our friends because these these caricatures already tally with the kinds of personas we take on inside our art. Since he first started writing, Joe's stories and his poetry have always contained these confident, arrogant voices. For him, it was about finding a voice that sounded fresh, and I, and I like this idea, that contentment is one of the final taboos of literature. Uh, and it works too, like it's thrilling to step into the shoes of these type of people, people who seem utterly unaware of their own flaws. While Joe's writing voice tends to expect good luck, most of the characters in my stories experience bad luck. There's even plenty of examples throughout this podcast. Failure is kind of celebrated in my stories, I think. Uh, failure becomes a, a binding force between people, or it can be funny, or it can reveal something buried within us. I, I like the idea that failure is still a kind of achievement. But the bottom line is... I don't really feel like one of my stories is over until everything has been lost. So here's a question. Do Joe and I write these types of stories because deep down, Joe and I have always held these core beliefs about the fairness of the world? Or did we grow up with no real feeling of lucky or unlucky until we became writers and then somehow 
our real life personalities became overwritten, just absorbed into the canon of our writing. I mean, it worked for our stories, so we just ended up applying it to our own lives as well. So when I keep gambling until I lose, or Joe rides his bike through London without a helmet, is that who we are? Or are we really just cosplaying as one of our stories in the in the Comic-Con of our minds, the smallest, most tragic Comic-Con of all time? Because, because if I am making life decisions based on the stories I tell, maybe it's time to tell a different story for a change. I'm getting married next year. I proposed to my girlfriend Lizzie on one of the Thames piers. It was meant to be the sloth enclosure at London Zoo, but I switched up the plan at the last minute when a kid's birthday party ended up booked for the same slot. It was all cool. She said yes. And now we're getting married. And I owe that woman everything. I can't tell you. Um, She's the funniest and kindest and most beautiful person that I know. So let that be the end of the story imaginary 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 So the big main interview in this week's episode was taken from a piece that me and Joe did for Radio 4's Shortcuts program. Uh, That part was produced by Eleanor McDowell for Falling Tree Productions. Uh, I added all the casino stuff around it, so I take full responsibility for the crappy sound and those bits. Uh, Joe's new novel is out in March 2018. I'm very excited to read it. You can pre-order it now. Uh, I heartily recommend reading both Submarine and Wild Abandon, uh, his previous books, both uh, incredible reads. Joe's also had a baby this month. Uh, congratulations to him and his wife, Maya. I am... Um, I wish them the very best of luck. Um, I'll be back soon with more imaginary advice. Stay lucky or unlucky. doesn't matter. Just stay together. That's the important part. And share the luck between you. What you do and what you don't. Uh-huh. What you will and what you won't. Uh-huh. What you can and what you can't. Uh-huh. This is what you got to know. Love you though it didn't show.